Hello and welcome to the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast. My name is Heather and I am your host. This podcast features two types of episodes that alternate. Sunshine ones offer inspiration drawn from nature, and in the Power Cut ones, I share insights into my life living off the power grid. This episode is a little different. It's a long-form interview that I had with Stephanie Fuccio, who was one of the guests on the Sunshine Summit for March 2019. She's an amazing connection that I made in 2018 on International Podcast Day, September the 30th, and she very kindly offered to interview me and share some of the connection stories that I've made along this journey of Sunshine and Power Cuts and through the Sunshine Summit. The reason why that's important is because that's what I've been working on since the last podcast episode that got released. We hosted the March 2019 Sunshine Summit in association with Geeks Rising. We held it over on sunshinesummit.live and it was a week of live streams to recognize and celebrate connections. A huge thank you to each of my 11 groups of guests who were part of it, to everyone who came by the live chat, who watched the replays, who's commented on YouTube, and just to everyone who's been supportive of it. I hope that you are able to check it out. I would love for you to check it out. And I'd also love for you to check out geeksrising.com to check out the other podcasts that are on the network that Sunshine and Power Cuts is a part of. This episode is a long one. If that's not your thing, maybe take it in segments. I decided to leave it as a whole complete episode because the conversation flowed really well. I am entirely grateful to Steph for the preparation that she put into it. She also invited some amazing people to contribute questions that she asked me. So a huge thank you to Derek Graziano of Rolling Misadventures. Also to Wynn Kelly Charles, the host of the amazing Ask Wynn podcast, who had great stories of connections to share. To Stargate Pioneer for being one of my important and long-standing connections in podcasting. The wonderful Emily Prokop from the Story Behind Podcast and ePodcast Productions. From Anthony from the Off Center Archers podcast, who was an amazing guest in August 2018, but a dear friend from the Podcastage Discord server. And Paul Chomo, who helped launch the March 2019 Sunshine Summit and as well was a guest on the very first inaugural summit back in March 2018. I hope that you enjoy the insight into myself, Sunshine and Power Cuts, and the Sunshine Summit. Thank you so much, Steph, for joining me for the March 2019 Sunshine Summit. It was amazing to have you, and it's also wonderful to have you here for a Sunshine episode of the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast. Welcome, Steph. Thank you so much on both accounts. It's been a wonderful experience to be included in the Sunshine Summit family. More than happy to have you because it was amazing. If anyone hasn't seen that, they should go and check out the video and watch the replay. Absolutely. At least five times. Exactly. Yes. And share it with all your friends. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Yes. <laughs> very true. Very true. All right. Well, I guess I'm asking the questions, huh? The tables are turned for this episode. and The tables have turned. Okay, so... <clears throat> so Heather, very important question. What's the weather like today? It is actually partly cloudy. I think we've got a high of maybe 20 degrees Celsius, but I've been rather busy, so I've kind of not really been getting trapped today. <laughs> what time is it? It is just past 1 p.m. And yeah, we've got a high of apparently 25 degrees Celsius and it says it's sunny, but it's pretty cloudy where I am. Oh, yeah, we're pretty cloudy too. I still have my... I switch from Celsius to Fahrenheit during the year, depending. I can do cold in Celsius, but for some reason, 
when it warms up, I need Fahrenheit to understand how hot it is. So it's 50 right now. <laughs> and we had a heat wave last week. It was like in the 70s and 80s in Fahrenheit, wow. which is, I think, in the 20s in yeah. Celsius, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It says it's raining, but I don't see anything outside. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So not know. of the water today. But you're I, just on the water today. We're just threatening water. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the summit. What inspired you to start the Sunshine Summit? I had made a lot of amazing connections in my first six months of podcasting, which sounds like a very short time, but I have been very lucky to have been introduced to a bunch of people and groups and things that I found really interesting and who were really supportive along the way. And being here in New Zealand, I can't always, well, let's be real, there are no podcasting events here yet. And I say that with a yet because that is like something in the plans of what I want to work towards because I think they're really important for people to connect. And I liked the idea of being a guest on other people's shows, but then I wanted to bring sort of people and their audiences together because going live is not something everyone does. And if you make a bit of a celebration around it, it kind of helps sort of bring people together. I don't know if everyone's that comfortable with it, to be honest, <laughs> but they do. And they have the opportunity to, to get to know people behind the scenes of what their content is, because you only sort of hear what's in the episodes and maybe what they put out on social media, but a chance to ask questions and bring people together from a whole range of different things, not just their specific audience. I love video and I love audio, and it's hard for me to choose between the two. It's really nice to see the faces of people I'm used to just putting in my ears. Mm hmm. Personally, yeah. as a podcast listener, it's nice. I don't need to do it every time I listen to them, but it's nice to get a face. Yeah. Um, so I know what to think of when I'm listening to them. So I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about the video. Yeah. It is an interesting point, though. You did decide to do a live stream video for the summit and not just have podcast episodes. Why did you make that decision? Because to me is something that helps encourage people to show up live there's the opportunity to ask questions and then it's a separate thing from my podcast because mm -hmm. the podcast that I do is sharing inspiration drawn from nature and while I say that we're all a part of nature I'm focusing specifically on the people and their content mm -hmm. and shining a little light on them so kind of a separation of the two and yeah make it something that's out of the ordinary not your usual podcast episode something fun I love the nature terminology that you use in your episodes and in the summit. And just right now, shine the light on them. I, this, the imagery in that is so beautiful. When did you f start using such uh, naturey terminology like that in your in your life? Probably when I actually went off the grid, which was back in 2011, because I was relying on nature to provide power to my house, and so I was like, "Huh, well, you know, it's." pretty dark and dull and I was getting a bit low in some points and sort of just being aware of how nature was happening out there and I needed to be more in sync with it kind of made my vocabulary change and so yeah the things that now light me up or that I enjoy <laughs> I kind of tie into the sunshine because I'm relying on that to help get me through and lift me up so yeah I just it's a, oh, it's wow. been a natural <laughs> natural thing <that's> <laughs> <laughs> it's all embedded in me now. I can't get away from it. It's just how I am. There's no shade for you. <laughs> I have to tell you as a side note, I was listening back to your first few episodes of Sunshine and Power Cuts yesterday and I had it I didn't have my headphones in and I was cooking dinner and from the other room I heard my husband go, "Whoa!" when you were describing your initial setup. <laughs> 
Like it was just like so impressed. And I was like, okay, I didn't even realize he was listening. <laughs> I think that it might have helped a lot more people if I focused a lot more on the tech because that's kind of really super interesting. But the thing is, mm. is that mine hasn't changed very much in the last seven years that I've been off the grid. It's just been a slow, gradual yeah. process. So I'm glad people are interested by it, but it's a, it could be a bit of a letdown if anyone's hoping for just a podcast on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love what you do with the podcast. Yeah. But um oh wait, oh wait okay let's go back again let's let's stay in the before summit okay. time were there any events like the sunshine summit that you saw that you said oh I want to do a version of that but I want to change it to this my inspiration came from watching better podcasting with Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer because they live record their episodes and what I found was before I even began podcasting I enjoyed showing up to the chat room to hang out with people who were passionate about podcasting I was learning a lot from them and. There is this thing, though, they record through and they kind of take questions just via the chat because they're recording an episode. I liked the idea of taking that one step further and having that interaction back and forth between people. So Stephen John Drew and his production ability, <laughs> but also SP and SJ and their banter with each other was really my my motivation for the summit. I can see that. Yeah. I kind of wish I had found them sooner. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much different content out there. But yeah, no, I'm hooked now. Now I actually for work, I get to pick certain days of the month that I work and don't work. And I cross off Thursdays. Nice. As much as I can. Sometimes I'll just schedule us for, for certain days of the month. And I'm like, ah, I have to catch the first 10 minutes on the train. And then I can't listen to it. But like Thursdays from now on, or my I put it in BP in my calendar, better podcasting days because they're you're right. Their their live streams are so good. Yeah. I take my lunch breaks when I listen to them because it's in the afternoon for me. So I, oh, that's how I fit them in. That's perfect. See, you don't yeah. have to miss work for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I realized I didn't at the beginning ask you to describe the summit. Are there people listening that wouldn't know what the summit is? Like, should we do? Yeah. So hopefully, if you're finding Sunshine and Power Cuts for the first time, the Sunshine Summit is a week of live streams to recognize and celebrate connections. And what I've done is I've invited people who are content creators because they have, everyone has incredible stories of making connections, but for a place to start, I've met some incredible content creators and it was a chance to bring them together to share their content, to help people discover it maybe for the first time or bring their audience together to help celebrate with them, to ask some questions, get to know them behind the scenes. So that's what the Sunshine Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is that it's actually quite hard to say the more you say it. And last year we had people going the Sunshine Summit. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully my audience knows what the Sunshine Summit is because I've mentioned it all of last year and this year. <laughs> I got tongue tied also. I started just saying the summit when I was yeah. talking about it to my husband because I was like, I can't, I can't say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you've done it for two years now. And this is the, is this the third or fourth round that you just finished? We just finished the third round. So this is the second year. They have twice a year. And I decided that it would be in March because it was six months into my podcasting journey. And yeah, it was kind of a way of being grateful for all the connections that I'd made that it really helped get me off the ground. And then the other one is in August to mark my anniversary of the podcast. So that's why there's two. Your podversary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. How do you go about planning the summit? See, I'm not even going to say it now. <laughs> <laughs> so I had an idea and I thought I would connect with people. And I thought about having a week long thing because other podcast events are just a weekend, but I was wanting to connect with so many people that I kind of needed it to be a week-long thing so that they could fit in their schedule with mine. And 
usually it happens either on a weekend or after work for people, which I'm really grateful they've been flexible with. And then I looked at the types of people that I wanted to connect with and invite. And then it went into the structure of how it was going to be. And I made a booking calendar so that everyone could book in their time, set up questions and how I wanted to lay out. And then I learned a lot about technology because, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and I tested some stuff for myself and not all of it worked. So the very beginning one, we started with Google Hangouts on air, which was a super fast, easy way to get connected pretty much. For the very first one, I just got familiar with everybody's content I already knew it because I was passionate to talk to them anyway. And then we just connected and we did the live streams. So, yeah. And then I've kind of tried to ramp it up each time after that. Wow. Yeah. And ramped it up you have. So how far before the summit do you start to plan? So when I first got the idea, I think was in 2017. And I launched the first one last year in March 2018. So there was a few months of idea planning before I asked everyone in December, I think, of 2017. Then it was three months of intense planning before the summit launched in March. And then it's been a continuation on since then, so I haven't really stopped tweaking it. But I tend to ask people or get the registration of interest finalized three months out from the event. Only three months? Only three months. It's probably too short. No, no. I think I said that in an impressive way, not in a judgy way. (laughs) But the thing is, it's hard to pin people down really, really far in advance. And so that's why I went settled with three months, because then it Mm -hmm. gives me it's it is hard. Wow, Wow. 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 How did you come up with the name for the summit? I have been to different online event things because, like I said, there aren't in person ones here. And so a lot of the sort of businessy entrepreneurial people that I follow have summits where it's like a an event and it's online and it's a focused event and so obviously tied in the sunshine from my podcast and it's shining a light on people to use my thing it's a spotlight thing on the people that I'm talking to so sunshine summit it's beautiful <laughs> what was it in uh ask the podcast coach the other night uh Emily mentioned the word sunshine and I just went yay favorite word of the month (laughs) yeah so yeah it has a certain light to it yeah it's a positive thing it's a celebration it's meant to be fun and so sunshine's bright and cheery hopefully I mean not everyone likes sunshine we can all get a little bit over it if it's too much but generally speaking it's bright and it has a sort of positive vibe to it so yeah so do you tend to invite guests on the summit that you've already had interactions with or do you reach out to people that you haven't had engagement with yet also so for the very first one the people that i had a very good in-depth knowledge of their content because i was Mm -hmm. pretty much wanting to share their things Mm -hmm. i have since created a registration of interest which means it's open to anyone else to register their interest but Mm -hmm. my invitations still go out to specific people who i know their content really well because i know the way in which they make connections and the stories that they have to tell are really valuable. So I've kind of already filtered out guests that I think will be amazing to have on. And I Mm -hmm. want to, and I'm excited to learn more about what other people are doing, which is why I have the registration thing there. Mm -hmm. But that in in itself is going to be harder because then I have to get really super familiar with their content. And that takes time. <laughs> it takes time. But I am looking forward to that. So yeah. the the registration thing's been open for a while. And we have had a couple of people register, which is awesome. So it gives me a lot longer than three months to sort of get familiar with them. But yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Well, the reason why I said I'm going to veer slightly from a normal interview format right now, because I have like beginning questions, 
surprise questions, and then I'll co- go back to my own questions. So it only seemed fit to ask your guests of the Sunshine Summit what they would want to ask you. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to folks in the third, the first, second, and third round of the Sunshine Summit to ask them what they'd like to ask you. Wow. And so I have a few questions for you. Wow. So let's see. Oh, from Win Kelly Charles, we have, who would be your dream interviewee? I would love to have, and I've probably mentioned her somewhere else before, but I would love to have Carrie Green from the Female Entrepreneur Association on. She founded the Female Entrepreneur Association, which is a place for women entrepreneurs, and I was a member of that group for a long time. Mm. And she's just someone who's a big inspiration to me, and I would love to have her on. She's got incredible stories to tell over her journey. And then from Anthony of the Off Center Archers, he said, he asks, your show statement is be empowered by nature. Mm-hmm. What would be an early example in your life that sparked this feeling of wonder and fulfillment of in nature? I think I was always curious about being outdoors. I enjoyed being outdoors with my family and I traveled a lot. And so I wasn't one to get terribly dirty as a child. Like I didn't really like playing in the mud and things like that. <laughs> But but I enjoyed being out and listening to birdsong and just being outdoors. And, and, yeah, I think more so living in the countryside now has been and then relying on it to power my house. But from early days, it was just enjoying being out there with my family. Yeah. So from Derek Graziano from Rolling Misadventures, what's been the hardest part of doing such a large event and what was easier than you thought it would be? Wow. Two questions in one. (laughs) The hardest part was the technical journey because Mm -hmm. last year I had to find somewhere to actually host it. I couldn't host it from home. My internet speed wasn't up to it and my ISP wouldn't give me internet to do it. So I actually had to do the very first one from a friend's place in in the city. And that meant that I was encroaching on their family space for a whole week, which I felt awful about. (laughs) But they had super fast internet and I was really grateful (laughs) for that opportunity. (laughs) But also in that one, they're, even with their fast internet, Google Hangouts on Air didn't like me. And so I didn't actually locally record my audio or get the guests to do that. And it, we've had choppy things where I went all digital and it wasn't the best quality. The second time around last year, it was kind of the same. I stressed about getting my home internet sorted to be able to do it. And then, mm. yeah, it's mainly been an internet problem. <laughs> Being able to connect with people in the first place has been the, the challenge. <laughs> The connections part, the connecting right? Part. Yeah. Oh my. But God. then this time around, I feel the challenge was I had a couple of returning guests last year, and that feels like home a little bit when you mm-hmm. feel really comfortable about talking to people. And it's always pushing a little bit further each time because you can't have a super intimate knowledge of everything unless you've got all of that time. So I yeah. I feel like this time it was hard to make sure that I was giving the best opportunity or experience for each of my guests. And I hope that I did that. Yeah. Well, I joked about this when you interviewed me for the summit, but I'm not entirely kidding. Croatia, we could do it remotely. You wouldn't have to. I mean, I know you've. it sounds like you've got your internet up to speed now at home, but why risk it? Yeah. Go abroad, have the summit from somewhere else, use their internet. Yeah, I would actually love that. Croatia is off my bucket list of places to visit, which is amazing. But I also would like to do, because it's hard to get people to come here. I think Mm -hmm. the majority of my audience is in the States. Right. But it would be amazing (laughs) to do sort of a trip and take the Sunshine Summit on the road and do it from other places. Multiple places. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. So 2020, 2021. 
Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And what was easier than you thought it would be? That is a good question. I think it just, the easier thing felt this time like I've had twice that I've done it. So I knew what happened had to happen. That's why I was able to do things a bit more advanced than I did last time, because I wasn't worried about the minor details. Having the knowledge of the flow of how my workflow goes to organize it was easier this time around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you organize your workflow? Do you have like, com- do you use like spreadsheets, computer programs, paper? Like, how do you keep that all in order? I like stationery and I like notebooks. And so I have this beautiful bound notebook that I can open right up because it's spiral bound. And so in there, I map out sort of a list of potential guests and then I map out the week and I have like a page for each person. I As I go along, I bullet point parts of their content that I want to talk about, make any notes to myself there. I have a checklist that on paper that I run through, but then I also have my booking system, which I get people to complete because it translates for their time zone and it does all those magical things with daylight savings time, which I'm going to have to possibly change for the next March summit because it always (laughs) changes right at the very beginning of our week (laughs) and it's confusing. Oh, nature, what are you doing to us? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just heard of a stationary podcast recently. Do you listen to any stationary podcasts? No, I don't. I'll have to, I'll have to send that to you. I don't remember the name of it, but I heard it and I had to, they said the name really fast on the podcast I was listening to that mentioned the stationary podcast. So I had to email them and I'm like, wait, what? Hell, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> yeah. And so I got it. I've only listened to a little, a little bit so far, but I was like, I didn't even know there were stationary podcasts Neither out there. Did I. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I can listen to them while I'm in the stationery store picking out my pencils. So Paul Chomo from the Varmints Podcast asks, what has been your favorite, either Sunshine or Power Cuts episode so far? Good question, Paul. Thank you. (laughs) It's hard to pick a favorite one. But of my Sunshine ones, I do like the first seven Sunshine episodes because I worked really hard on them Mm -hmm. before I even launched the podcast. They made up the Mm -hmm. Seven Days of Sunshine Challenge series that I did. Right. But mm-hmm. Music by Nature is one of my favorite ones. And it also tied back to episode three, I think, which was Be Still and Listen. So mm. those are my favorite ones. So why is it your favorite? Because I need a reminder to slow down. I can get very carried away and very busy being busy, I guess. And so it's a reminder mm-hmm. for me. And sound is something that's also really important to me. And I found it got worse a little bit when I got into this audio game because I got more critical of the sounds that I was listening to. <laughs> so they just remind me to slow down and actually take in the world around me and and just be in the moment and just notice things. So that's why they're my favorite. Can I be meta about podcasting right now? Yeah. Um, since you're talking about sounds, since you started editing podcasts, are you delighted or appalled by the sounds that people make when they're talking or between talking? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a challenge um, because I, I, <laughs> I spend so much time trying to get them out of my podcast that when I notice them in real life, it's like, wow, <laughs> like the different things great on me now. <laughs> I start to reach for my mouse when I hear somebody do something that I don't want to be there. And I'm like, what just happened to me? What is happening? Trying to edit, trying to edit on the go. <laughs> Or if I want to cough, I like reach for the mute button sometimes. There's no mute button. This is life. But on the other hand, I was in a park the other yesterday, actually, and I did hear birds chirping that I normally would have just kind of walked through the park and not necessarily had heard it so clearly. Mm -hmm. 
But I, I did feel like I kind of fine tuned into that too, because of this heightened ear thing that's happening now with podcasting. I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just wondering if it was just me or if this is a natural state of podcasting. Yeah, I think it kind of makes you go down the sort of, we might not all become extreme audiophiles, but we will get a little bit more critical of what we're listening to, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. From Emily Prokop of the Story Behind Podcast, what is one quick tip you would give to someone? She's so practical. What is one quick tip you would give to someone who is looking to get empowered by nature? I think it's pretty simple and it's just seeing what's right there where you are. Like it becomes this whole big deal and think people think it's scary and they don't have time for it, but literally just look out the window. Like if you are indoors, just look out the window. If you mm-hmm. in a place, go out the door and stand there and just stop. That's all you have to do. You don't have to go and plant a million trees. You don't have to hike the biggest mountain. Just mm-hmm. take one step and know that it's there and you can get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. And then Paul comes back and wants to follow up on Emily's question. Uh, living in rural New Zealand, you seem to have many more opportunity to get empowered by nature than someone in a big city. Is there one particular way that you really enjoy getting that empowerment? Or is there one season or place in New Zealand that is your favorite? So I happen to live in a really beautiful place in a valley, which is amazing. And I don't take that for granted at all. I think I've mentioned before that I will sit at the, if I'm inside, sit at the dining room table and eat my dinner looking out the window rather than sitting and facing oh. inside. I, yeah. on the flip side of that though, though I do live in the countryside, I really enjoy going to the city because there are different things and the noise is different for sure. But there are little things that you can notice, like it might be the weeds growing up through the concrete on the pavement. It might be the bird that flutters past somewhere. It might be the cloud formation, which you can look up past the skyscrapers or whatever is around you and, and and notice. My favorite season would have to be autumn. And I did a poll about that last year and a lot of people agreed with me. But I like autumn because of the colors, but also because the weather tends to be actually all right. It's not terribly hot, not that it gets massively hot in New Zealand anyway. But the temperature is comfortable for me because I like cooler temperatures. The sun shines out most of the time. And yeah, it's just a a nice season. It's my favorite season. I love fall. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid i really loved um when the leaves fell and then we would rake them all up and then jump into them <laughs> yeah love that absolutely second only to halloween <laughs> not that that's a naturey thing but there was candy corn <laughs> i've never had candy corn oh you haven't missed anything have you had sugar yes yeah you've had candy corn okay. Okay. <laughs> it's just 99 percent candy corn with really fun colors <laughs> cool <laughs> It's just super handy and it never melts or goes bad. So as a kid, you could put it in any pocket and find it years later and you could still eat it. (laughs) It's the perfect non-food that you could eat. (laughs) It's probably, yeah, it's probably very dangerous. Okay, final question from your past Sunshine Summit guest. That is hard to say. From Stargate Pioneer, Better Podcasting, among other projects. Given the choice between a fully self-sustainable home on the beach, in the forest, or in the mountains, which one do you build your podcast studio in? And he has a note. Yes, you can only choose one. <laughs> so the forest would have to have a clear patch because if it was fully sustainable, you'd need to be able to get the sunlight in there to power the solar panels. Um, I'm going to go from a practical point you of are. view. You <laughs> are. I love this. <laughs> so like that would be the same with the mountains, basically. And... While I love the ocean, I love water. I don't actually know that I could live right on near the beach, I think. 
it actually makes it hard for me to go to sleep at night. Like it is so quiet where I am that I'm so used to very quiet night times. So I don't know that I'd be able to manage that. But um, so it then it becomes between the forest and the mountains. Can the forest be on the mountains? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't stipulate that that's not possible. And so, um, yeah, that I think that's possible. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, SV. The forest <laughs> on the mountains. Because <laughs> I'm cheating. And you just you just glided into my next question like you knew uh, what was happening. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> you, I, no, you, I haven't shared my questions at all with you. So I think this is amazing. And I'm, I've been trying to form this question in my head since last night. I was walking home after the park, and, but I have this triangle in my head of Heather. And there's so much more to you than just the triangle, please. But I'm talking about just the podcasting, Heather. On one point, there's Sunshine Summit. On another one, there's Sunshine. And the other one, there's Power Cuts episode. So those are two, three, right? And so there's all of these. Yeah. If you were to explain to someone these parts of podcasting, Heather, or these parts of the projects of podcasting, Heather, how would you explain the relationship between these three? So all three of them have one thing in common, which is my main theme of the Sunshine Summit, and that is connections. And so they are all connected. The sunshine relates to how I make power. When the sunshine's not out, I have power cuts. So there's that element and I've had to rely on nature. So reconnect with it in order to manage my power usage. And when I make the most of the power that I have, so I'm connected to nature that way. So there's the inspiration I've got from looking at examples from nature and the sunshine episodes. There's how well we are depends on how well we cope with our power cuts or challenges in life. So those are those related. And then the celebration of connections and sort of tying it into the sunshine element brings in the connections of the sunshine summit and sharing how other people have gone along their journey because i in my podcast i'm sharing my journey of living off the grid so that's probably quite waffly but hopefully you can see that the whole concentric circle around that is connections it's just being connected to everything how would that in any world be waffly that was the most succinct quick answer i've ever heard in my life that was amazing. And and this is one of the things that impressed me when I saw you on the International Podcast Day stuff is you've it, there's this strong nature connection environmental side to you and then there's a strong technology side to you. Far too many times people who want to get in touch with nature and people that spend a lot of time getting in touch with nature reject technology. And I have a hard time uh, connecting, funny enough, connecting with those folks because I think technology is beautiful. And so I think that that um I can't even say dichotomy, but those two parts of you together are are so impressive to me. And they feed off of each other. Yeah. So it's been interesting because trying to explain the concept of having two alternating episodes in a podcast is quite difficult. Right. Also, if you mention being off the grid, people then go, well, how can you do a podcast because you're not connected to the grid? But then I changed the way that I describe it, which is I'm off the power grid. Mm. I'm not off all the grids. I have a cell phone, so I'm connected that way. Mm. Technology has been a huge part of my life ever since I was little. My dad actually worked in telecommunications, so it's probably <laughs> a strong factor for why I'm right interested in it and we had a computer back in the day of dos and i learned how to <laughs> hack into it and change passwords and then i <laughs> I, I had at, like played computer games a lot uh, when i was growing up and then so i'm not saying i never ever will say that technology is a bad thing because i think it's incredible mm. and it allows me to do this amazing thing to connect with people from all around the world which blows my mind and uh, but at the same time we all get busy and we work a lot or we just have a lot on and our well-being is something that we need to work on. And I know that 
nature is something that is like this available resource that we kind of either forget or just take for granted or we don't make time for and so it's just a simple reminder this is my cheesy question about nature if the sunshine summit were a natural feature i'm not even sure if natural feature is a good category like mountain or river or anything like that. <laughs> wow well i mean the summit idea kind of gives it rise to a point like a platform a place to but I don't like the idea of it being people above or below others. Uh, it's yeah. like a gathering of people. So it's maybe it's like a glade or a meadow or something where it's all sunny and bright and there's just I kind of imagine bunting and stuff around and everyone's come together to have a to have a celebration. So the summit idea is just like it's a pinnacle point yeah. when it happens. But I yeah. I think it's more of an open space. Wow. That's a really great visual. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. So plans for the summit for the future. You mentioned in-person podcasting plans in New Zealand. In the background, there are things like I am the chapter host for the Wellington Podcast Brunch Club, woo, woo. which offers me the opportunity to meet up with people in person. Now, it's not talking about my podcast, which is awesome, because I get to connect with people who yeah. listen to other podcasts and we talk about themes. And it's a really great conversational outlet and meetup thing that we all have this kind of passion for podcasting as a listener. So there's that. But the idea of grouping together like New Zealand podcasters and having more of not necessarily collaborations, but just being mm -hmm. able to share the journey of what it's like podcasting here would be awesome. And I kind of did that. I got to meet Dean from Region E Racing before the Sunshine Summit in March, which was awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to meet another New Zealand podcaster at the end of this month who's actually going to podcast Brunch Club because I invited them to come along to that. Yay! Yeah. So there's little things like that. And I would love to have my future goal mm -hmm. just for the podcast was to have a retreat or an event where I could bring people together to have kind of an off-grid experience that was comfortable because <laughs> I've described how I live like glamping, which is glamour camping because <laughs> my system's not that high-tech and capable that I could, it's comfortable to be honest. So just get people together and hang out and really connect with each other because that's we are a part of nature and it's important to connect on that way. And then the taking the sunshine summit on the road thing would be, I want to travel. I want to travel outside of New Zealand and there are so many amazing places to go to. And then through this journey, I've made connections with people in different places. So I'd love to go and see them where they are. But that's, there's a lot that will go into that because it sure. takes a lot of money sure. <laughs> to travel and then the time to make it happen. So yeah, that's a further down the road one. What kind of feedback have you gotten about the summit? Any of the three rounds, just in general? People have been have really enjoyed participating as the guests. They get really excited about it beforehand. It helped inspire them to to do other things that they had maybe been thinking about that I didn't even know about because they hadn't discussed them anywhere. But the idea of doing something like the Sunshine Summit helped push them forward. Um, it's helped them make connections like mm -hmm. there have been connections made between the guests of the summit so they hadn't necessarily known each other yeah. but because we we're all getting together to do this one thing <laughs> they've reached out and I think that's amazing and then th it's I've had just positive feedback one of my podcast listeners or friends from discord said and shared it with others saying that it was a great resource for other people who were thinking about podcasting or live streaming or creating content because people do share some of the tips from their journeys along the way. So it could, yeah, they got usefulness out of it, which was awesome. 
I can attest to that. It's funny when I was looking, when I was making a list of the different guests that you had in the three different events, I did have a kind of like, not high school year, but kind of like closer, like warm, fuzzy feeling on the people that were in my round that just ended. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Cause so many of them have reached out on social media and I've reached out to them and we've kind of, there's already two collaborations kind of in, in mode. And it just <gasps> ended what, like a week or two ago. <laughs> One so week ago. That's exciting. Yeah. No, it's really, really cool. It's already like, I just, um, there's definitely a cohesiveness and a connectiveness and, you know, podcasting can be an isolating experience when you're creating stuff yeah. alone in, in a room and putting it out into the world. So things like this are important and needed and just so fun. So yeah. Yeah. If I can from from guest to to host thank you for creating this creature but we're not done i don't want to make it sound like it's over <laughs> if if somebody were starting their own uh similar summit uh, or online event like this not necessarily for podcasting what kind of advice would you give them you really need to know what it is you're trying to do like i had people ask me what is it and mm-hmm. it is If you were creating something, you would maybe have an idea of it in your head and fleshing that idea out, whether that be on paper or some digital tool or what have you, and sort of looking at it step by step. What do you need to do? Well, if you want to invite people, you have to reach out and ask them. Then it's about managing how you're going to schedule them in. And if if the only thing that I can give people is I started it when I was six months into podcasting. I am not a big name person who has a massive following. So you don't need to be Mm -hmm. someone extreme in order to be able to do this. I think the key thing is to be genuine when you ask people to show them what value you're trying to bring for them, but also the people who will come by and be a part of the event. And I hope <laughs> that that's obvious, <laughs> the, the the celebration of your connection, because I think what people, the, all the guests that I've had, I think highly of who they are and what their content is and the connections they make and how they make them. So I'm genuine about that and I let them know that and then, I do the very best that I can to make it, to show that and share that with people and help bring in people to celebrate with them. Mm -hmm. And it shows in the different interviews, you really tailored your questions to their content and even the, the rhythm of the interviews and the, and, and even in one point. It was Luke, I think, where you had a hat when he had a hat. I mean, there's just so much like connection. You could see how you connected with each guest with them, not just as a podcaster, but like individually, you could see that connection. And it was just so, so touching to watch that. That's a lot of fun because they are all doing totally different things. And I think that insight into, like you were saying about the visual thing, you can't see them when you just listen. And in, unless people are putting a video version of their podcast out, you might not know what they look like at all. People don't always share pictures of themselves. <laughs> so it was kind of stepping out of their comfort zone to come on a live stream. But I invite people to bring something if they want to, to make it more tailored to them. I find that the challenge with that, though, is I do try and cover generally a similar line so that you can get kind of similar information from them, but just with their different take on it but that's really hard when we sort of then dive into their content a little bit more because it's just a personal uh, of their content experience Mm -hmm. but they're not all creating the same thing and they do have different stories to share so to be able to cover that we have to make it unique and special and I love it I I really enjoyed that one with Luke wearing the hats and the soft toys that was so cute (laughs) oh and when you were talking about um what you needed to tell people when you were asking them to come on. I think it's really funny that when, when Kelly Charles, when you were interviewing her and you said, you know, how'd you get so many guests on your podcast? She just said, I asked them. 
mm-hmm. which is is so true. I've asked people way above what I should be able to get on my podcast, people that are experts in their field to come on and they're like, oh, that sounds great. And I'm like, wait, wh- what? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm not, you know, aiming to just have experts, but I just, I like having a range of folks. And if somebody does or says something interesting, I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're mine for the podcast episode. <laughs> you know, I need to have you say that to my listeners because I want to document this conversation and this information. And it's so easy. People yeah. are really excited about podcasts right now and asking, like Wynn said, asking is sometimes the only thing you need to do. Yeah. But I get that it's hard. Like I mentioned that too. And when I, in the very first summer, I talked with uh, Chris Carlson from the podcasting couch. That podcast is not about anymore, which is unfortunate. However, he did have a good point that sometimes not everyone is going to say yes. Right. And it's not about getting hung up about that either. Like you kind of have to allow for maybe people won't say yes. Mm-hmm. But if you don't ask, there is no way they can say yes. Very true. Do you get non-replies or actual no's? I have. Not ever had an outright no. I've had that it's not going to work at this current time, which is fine. And if that's, I mean, I get that timing is difficult because there are podcasting events that happen in March. Like I think it was Podfest that recently happened. So people will be going to that. So that was a challenge. But I've had people that have come back to me a bit late. So when I ask is kind of when I need a response back because I can't leave it till the last minute. There is way too much that goes into the advertising if you like of it to make people aware of it to create all this stuff if people don't want to be then that's okay i'm not gonna oh absolutely absolutely no i'm just asking because i get a lot of when i do get no's it's more of not replying no's i don't actually get a lot of people writing back and saying i'm really not interested and i could i don't care either way i throw a lot of uh, hooks out and you know if things come back that's great and a lot of times they do which is shocking um but (laughs) But it is so shocking. And I've overbooked my interviews because I get so excited about it. I ask too many people thinking only a little bit, a few of them are going to come back and they don't. And a lot of them do. And then there's too much work. But I've noticed that a non-reply is more common so far for me than a no. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I may find that going forward when I sort of, when the circle widens outside of the close connections that I have that have been a part of the summit so far. But at the end of the day, like... There are plenty of fish in the sea. (laughs) I don't want people to get hung up on asking and not having a response. Just keep asking because you might discover someone else that has this other amazing thing and you can go off on that way and all sorts of other things can happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So you've had pairs of people working on the same podcast on the summit interviews, but you haven't had podcasters from different podcasts uh, in the same interview yet. Have you thought about doing that in future summits? What 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 just happened there? <laughs> I have something I'm working on for the August Sunshine Summit, and oh. that is all I can say about that at the moment. Okay. It is along those lines, so I'm hoping that it's going to work out. Cool. Yeah. All right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I can't give you the exclusive yet, but that's all I can say. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Exciting and new. Last question. <laughs> what question would you like to be asked about the summit? <laughs> <laughs> Pressure. <laughs> That is tough. I really appreciate any feedback that I get Mm -hmm. on it from other people's perspective. Well, you know, when you're working on a project, you get deep down in every aspect of it. And then people ask you certain things about it. But you might want to talk about other aspects of it. So it's like, well, no, I want you to ask me this. I just really appreciate the opportunity to talk Mm -hmm. about it from a behind the scenes point of view, because I don't. The Sunshine Summit is never about me and my content at all. I just happen to be hosting it. So 
it's really cool to be able to share how it kind of came together and thank you for the for the chance to talk about it no thank you and and on behalf of all your guests if i may be the presumptuous person to say this uh, what you have created is phenomenal it 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 connects on s- people on so many levels that i don't even think we're going to be aware of yeah. right now yeah yeah so it's 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 creating connections and 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 helping people push through the the isolation that can happen with podcasting yeah. and creating a whole bunch of fun and reconnecting people with themselves as you talk about in your podcast as well as with nature it's doing so many things at the same time all while just talking you know in a live stream yeah I know that I try and make it so that it's not really any pressure on the guest apart from I send them questions Mm -hmm. of what I want to cover roughly and we may not even cover them but it's just an idea of the direction that I want to go overall but I love the levels and, like you said, the unknown things that I can't even fathom what's happened for people and how excited they are and how invested they get in it. I think that blows my mind. And someone did a map. I think it was Mark Diaz from Cool Mark. Uh, Mark's, I always want to say Cool Mark D because that's his Twitter handle and he gets me so confused. <laughs> from Mark's movie collection, he pinpointed just where I've had the guests from on a map and it blew me away just to see the dots across the globe. So, yeah, yeah. Where can we see that? Uh, I have to finish it, but then we can put it oh, out okay. somewhere. On, maybe have it on the sunshinesummit.live page. Yay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you for letting me get inside your summit head. And <laughs> this has been really fun to hear. I've, I've had questions about how you did all of this and and, and your your thoughts on it for a while. So it's been fun to, um, when you said you were interested in the doing this interview, I, I was dancing around the apartment, so... I'm really grateful that you wanted to do it. You came up with amazing, thoughtful questions. I can't believe you reached out to people and just pulled it all together. You blew me away anyway last year for International Podcast Day, how passionate you were about everything and just that you were interacting in the chat, but with other people and on social media, like blew me away that someone wanted to take a screenshot of my live stream. I felt very alone that day, which was funny because live streaming to a whole bunch of people, but you can't see them because you're just here in my office behind the camera. Right. You gave me someone to talk to you. I think mentioned in the chat that it felt like I was talking to you. Mm-hmm. And when you saw said that and I saw it back, it was just this amazing thing. So thank you so much for being you. Uh, right back at you, girl. I didn't even realize at the time because you were so poised and professional and your project was so amazing. Your podcast was so amazing. I had no idea you were six months in. I thought you were one of those people that was doing it for years and just liked keeping in touch with beginner podcasters. Like I had no idea. So yeah. So it's, it's fun now to even look back and go, we were both at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing how far you can come. And all that is, is just to keep going, to keep trying and keep asking and just keep going. Yeah. My husband always says, you know, by doing anything, you're you're lapping anybody that's on the couch. Yep. <laughs> totally. Wise, wise words. So thank you so much, Heather, for all of your sunshine. You are most welcome. That's so cheesy. <laughs> I just want to put a caveat in here. When people said thank yeah. you for doing it in the summit, I noticed that I said that it was awkward. And the reason why I said that was because at the time, I feel like it's hard for me to take compliments. And mm-hmm. I am doing this because I'm passionate about all of you and I'm really mm-hmm. grateful that each of you have enjoyed it and enjoyed being a part of it. So I didn't mean to lower the value or the thing of what anyone said by saying that it was awkward for me. It just I felt slightly awkward because I I don't like the sunshine on me. Yeah. 
No, I get that. I know. Well, that's part of the beauty of podcasting is we can kind of, we can be with the mic without the video, without the total spotlight. But I don't think anybody took it that way. Okay. I hope not. Honestly, if I can connect to my own podcast, I find that the end is the most awkward part each time. Yeah. Because there's, there's a deep, intense connection with interviews and then it's just over. Yep. It's like, what do you do now? And especially when I have people in my living room, which is my studio at this point, and I'm like, okay, see you. Bye. Yeah. Oh, no, that's probably rude. Um, <laughs> how do we do this? But then I feel like an intense connection. There could be laughing and tearing up and all these different things because my podcasts are kind of emotionally driven. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's over and it's like, oh, hi, I don't really know you, but we've just shared very <laughs> intimate moments. And now I'm going to shuffle you to the hallway. Like, goodbyes are hard. They are hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I find that with the summit because that's a whole lot of energy and intensity and you can't, like it's a one-off thing. It's a live stream. There is no editing in that at all. Mm. So however it goes is however it goes. There's a lot of preparation that lead up to it and then it's this one-off thing and then afterwards. And I actually found that it was amazing when people could connect with me earlier because then we can have that technical test to make sure it all works. But then afterwards, yeah. a lot of them I've been able to have a chat with afterwards and it's helped both of us kind of debrief yeah. and talk through it and sort of lower the energy level down a little bit because it is intense. Yeah. One hour is pretty fast to try and get through everything that you want to cover, yeah. ask questions and interact with everybody. Yeah. But also I don't want to hold people up for like two or three hours on a live stream because <laughs> we're all busy people. So having that space afterwards to help talk to each other and just bring it down a little bit. And then, yeah, although in saying that, I learned from the very first one, I sort of was on a massive high from it and then it was fine. And then life things happened in my personal life and I hit the ground really hard. Like oh, I, one of my family members was diagnosed with cancer and they ended up passing away. So I just hit this massive low and I couldn't get out of that for a long time. So my podcast had to go on hold. It was a mess. The second one last year was fine, and then I actually got sick straight afterwards, and I was fine through my sickness, but then I hit a massive depressive low. So mm-hmm. it's, for me, the whole being connected and empowered by nature is really important. So for this summit, the one thing I did differently was, in the lead up to, while I have to kind of promote everybody because I need you to know who's going to be a part of it, I also made sure that I was definitely connecting with right. nature on just little small levels. Mm-hmm. And it was just a one-off post per day on Instagram, which helps give me accountability to do it. Yeah, And doing that. But then after I wrapped up each call during the week of the Sunshine Summit, I set up everything for the next day because I like to be organized, shut it all down and went out and got right out of my house and went outside. And I tried to look for different things in nature. Like I tried to find really small things. I think in the lead up, I also found like a a bee that was collecting pollen in a flower, and I tied that into Paul Chomo's guest spot. Yeah. <laughs> there were little moths and butterflies floating around on the grass and different things, and so I just tried to tangible things because this is incredibly intangible. Yeah. While I can see and hear you, it still is not the same as us being in the same room and me being able to reach out and give you a hug and say, I really appreciate you. Oh, <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> we had a virtual hug, everybody, and it was amazing. Yay. <laughs> I think the same thing with how you were saying about podcasting being an isolating yeah. thing. That was kind of where I was meant to go with my International Podcast Day thing, but I kind of just focused on connections, I needed to make sure that I had tangible stuff as well, because while it's incredible, you still need to keep you grounded. Like I can use all of those sort of (laughs) nature things. But it's, it's so true. It's so true. It's like technology gives us the ability to do this in different countries, hours away from each other on a plane. 
but it's not the same as in person. And I'm not going to say it's horrible and it shouldn't exist because I'm not that kind of technology person, but it is a very different, uh, like you were describing it as energy. It's a yeah. very different energy. It's a very different feel and it has a different effect on us afterwards. That's a really good point. Have you ever contemplated, huh? Cause I'm still trying to think at, at the end of my interviews. I do chat with people for a while. I don't kick them out the door, but I, I contemplate having some sort of like ritual that they know that's going to happen to kind of close things. To, so we can kind of, as you put it, you put it into words way better than I've even talked about. Yeah. Getting the energy back to kind of a normal, uh, normal. I didn't never thought podcasting was so high energy, but it is. It's, it's, it's intense in its energy. It's, it's personal in its energy. Anyway, the question is, <laughs> have you ever thought to have a kind of ritual or even you mentioned sound earlier, like a sound moment or a meditative moment with the guest? I think that would depend on my guest too, because everyone yeah. is different. So I kind of have to tailor it to them. If we are able to have a bit of a chat, because even then some people might not. And also when it was Chris and Kaylee, I didn't have time to yeah. really wrap it up with them because I've had the next guests half right. an hour later, right. which is on me. And that was a booking mistake in a way. But I've learned that lesson too of how to manage my time afterwards and how long it takes me to set things up. But I think it is just because when you're on your trying to actively listen, which is hard enough anyway, plus then yes. you're managing all of the technical side of it and you're mm -hmm. trying to interact with the chat. Maybe it is just having a deep breath and going, <sighs> and then talking through something, saying I'm really grateful for them. How did they find it? And then even just the cadence I used in my voice, I dropped down so that I slowed down to help them slow down. Mm. And yeah, I've actually got a bonus episode coming out for patrons, which is the behind the scenes chat that I had with Mark Diaz. and. It was amazing to have, he's, I think we were on the call, we had the Sunshine Summit and then we were on the call for another hour or two. Wow. <laughs> Maybe an hour afterwards. Yeah. And it was a whole other thing and we talked about a bunch of stuff. So I've got that coming out very shortly. Wow. And it, it's, he said the same thing, that it helped him sort of come off the high and come yeah. down and debrief. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, you know, I never really thought about it this much before, but it's very, very true. Because it seems like an interview is a very calm you know, experience. It can be highs and lows during it, but it it is the the deep the intensity of the connection that is very hard to yeah. It's funny when you hit record. It yeah. seems this intense pressure that you don't have when you just chat with a person when you're not under pressure to have the best audio quality or to have something come out of it at the other end, <laughs> <laughs> or to make sure the questions flow or to all that kind of stuff. Do you rewatch the summit videos at any? point? Oh yeah. Is there anything? Because I know when when you're interviewing. There can be a tendency to make sure everything's going right and, and you're in the moment and you're asking the questions. But is there anything that happened in any of the interviews that you, when you were rewatching it and saw or heard something that you don't remember happening? I think it's hard to know how it went. So I can go through and I'll be able to recall what happened, but I just don't have a feeling of how it was received either by the other person yeah. or what have you. And I found that I, when I struggle with that a little bit, I look a little bit awkward because I can't transition to the thing. But when I, after we had our call, you said that it kind of went well. And I think there were other people who said I did a good job at interviewing people. And I don't yeah. always feel that afterwards because I just uh. feel the pressure. I think they go, they always tend to go a lot better than I think they do. And I get to hear more of what they say as well. So yes. I've heard the guest and I've tried to carry it through, but I hear a lot more on the second listen. Mm -hmm. And that's a skill. Interviewing people is not easy. No. <laughs> so no. I'm looking to build on that and hopefully be better at it as I go along. 
It's a massive scale. And I had no idea how many layers there were. Speaking of layers, I had no idea how many layers there were to it until I started doing it myself. And yeah, no, it's hard. I hear so many different things in the second and third edit. And I keep thinking, oh, I want editing to go away. I want somebody else to do it so I can do more interviews and do more different projects. And I think, oh, no, the time I spent pressing pause and researching things they've said, that would go away. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to lose that part because that's really interesting to me because I can hear it as a listener and then I can go down the rabbit holes in Google. Yeah. And I don't I don't want that to go away. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a very yeah. interesting process. It is. I don't view them as standalone things. Like I do go back to them and I will eventually share them out as well. I think the one thing that I find a challenge is that because there's a lot of promotional stuff that goes into it beforehand, I kind of have to have a social media detox afterwards. So everyone would have yeah. noticed that this last past week after the event, I had a ton of social media stuff scheduled. And I'm so yeah. grateful for technology for that because there is no way that I could have done it on the fly <laughs> as I went. There is no way. Yeah. I'm not superwoman. Can't do it. <laughs> but then I also had to drop right off. And I know that's probably not the best thing and I need a better way of managing that. But yeah. for me... I can't spend that much time mm -hmm. on social media. I am literally that person who needs to be out in the sunshine, not connected all the time, yeah. 100%, as yeah. much as I love technology and all that it can do. What tech did you use to do that scheduling? The scheduling, I used Acuity Scheduler, which is the booking system. Uh, that ties in and it will help make people book it into Google Calendar, for example. I used Appearin to do the video calls and... I used email to connect with people, but I also have my Discord server. So I kind of, the people who are on Discord, I tried, or and I sent the link for so that they could come there. And so I had a place to kind of chat with most of them at the same time. Wow, wow, wow. You're incredibly organized. <laughs> I think that that's an important, probably my key point then also would be not just like mapping it out and asking people to whatever and knowing the value that you want to bring but that you do have to have an element of organization to it because there is no way I would have been able to pull it off without it no way I couldn't have thrown this together in an yeah. even shorter amount of time it would have not not worked let's let's dig into um future summit on the road summit what things would you delegate to your staff when that happens I have staff now. That's amazing. You have staff. Yeah. Well, you're on the road. You can't do it all. Wow. Um, travel's going to knock you out a bit. So part of that energy is gone. And then you'll have to explore the places and do meetups and things. So you can't really be on your computer then. That would be kind of rude. So yeah, you need staff. <laughs> okay. So what would you want to have the staff do that you wouldn't do? I would want someone to do the promotional side of it to create all the graphics for me and have them go out when I need to. I'd want help sort of maybe researching into the guests and helping me pull points that I could talk to. Mm -hmm. Then it would be just a booking, a really robust booking thing so that I had whenever the meetups were going to be or whenever the guest spots were going to be and then it actually blocking off time so there is nothing booked in between them so that mm -hmm. I could have the downtime to explore or do whatever. The other thing is that, like you said, that travel would take it out of me. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that I kind of, I get jet lag. So oh, yeah. if I was traveling that far, I'd have to make sure I allowed for that and sort of not book anything for the first day or two. Absolutely. Yeah. If you were thinking of including the US in your tour, uh, I think it'd probably be best to fly there and then take as much ground transportation as you can. So we don't really have a great train system, but there is Amtrak. It goes very, very slow, but you yeah. can do it for longer stretches and it's less physically taxing than constantly flying yeah. or 
driving and being that attentive all the time, that kind of thing. So that just an idea for your future. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make notes on this after we finished in my notebook <laughs> that I have. Yeah. If you want any travel tips, just let me know. Because I get severe, severe jet lag. I'm just now getting a handle on it, but it's only going to get so good. I think people mm-hmm. just genetically have different ways they deal with things. And my body just says, no. <laughs> It's a huge environmental mm-hmm. shift from being in a pressurized cabin to being out and not. And then like just the time zone thing. Yeah. I mean, where we connect across time zones anyway, but actually shifting to a different one and having the time exactly. all out of whack is tricky. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. And being in that weird air box for so long and it's just crazy. Yeah. I'd need help working out the tech side of it too while I was on the road yeah. to how to connect because I don't know how like cell phone coverage or data coverage across places and whatever I need to be able to connect oh, with everybody. Gosh, no, that's really true. Yeah. Or booking venues if I was yeah. doing in-person meetup. There's so much, but I yeah. get excited about that. I just, that I'm one of those people that's wired that way. <laughs> well, are there any other sneak previews on the August summit that you can give us on who might be there? And if not, that's fine. But what's even more incredible is that people I've had before would love to be a part of it again. And that blows me away, which is awesome. And then it's the thing that, that my aim for it is to bring new connections in. Yeah. So I've mentioned that there will be a few spots for returning guests, but open to help allow all different connections to be made. Yeah. There'll be new friends and there'll be old friends and it'll be wonderful and we'll all have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Very subtle. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. And when will you announce who's going to be there? Is it? I know you planned three months before, but when will you let us know who's going to be on the next summit? So I've got to do, I had this week of kind of like my detox thing to try and catch up with myself. I've got some registrations to go through and look at that. I've already got invitations out. So there's that. I've got the thing that I can't allude to, but I'm working on, which kind of reflected back on your question about multiple podcast things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the planning hasn't stopped. It's all fitting in there. I've got live stream for a cure, which I'm doing with Nick Haskins is a live stream event in May. Yeah. And so as soon as that one's finished, my whole focus will be on August. And then, yeah, it'll be at the very least three months before August that the whole schedule guest list will be out. Fantastic. Yay! Live, And that was with the help of my patrons because my patrons are amazing and they helped me support me over the last year or so. Thank you to them. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the summit? Well, firstly, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for connecting with me. And thank you for taking the time to ask me these questions and give me a chance to share it because this marks my 60th episode. Yay! (laughs) Happy 60th. Thank you. So we're celebrating connections and the connections through the Sunshine Summit. So it's amazing. Thank you so much. And until next time, be empowered by nature.